Hello, pet lovers. Welcome to with Peggy Hoyt. Our goal is to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. For more information about creating a legacy for your pet or to listen to archive shows, visit AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Join your host, author, estate planning attorney, and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt. All my children wear fur coats. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and this show is brought to you by the law offices of Hoyt and Bryan, where we create estate plans for pets and their people. Also brought to you by Animal Care Trust USA, a nationwide nonprofit dedicated to keeping loved pets in loving homes. We do this by educating pet parents about the importance of including their pets as part of their estate plan. And today it is my pleasure to introduce to you our special guest. Her name is Reagan Pasternak. She is an actress and author of the book, Griffin's Heart. And we're gonna talk all about that. Welcome to the show, Reagan. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so Griffin's Heart, um, what a great name. And uh, it has a subtitle, Mourning Your Pet with No Apologies. So we know that we're going to be talking about a loved pet. And tell us a little bit about who was Griffin and what Griffin meant to you. So Griffin was my, my first pet as an adult. I had grew up with tons of animals, but um, he was my first pet when I lived in my apartment and I was starting out my life and, um, he was a Devon Rex, which if you haven't, if you don't know that breed of cat, they're like a, a monkey. They're so incredibly intelligent. He was, you know, he could do all the tricks that a dog did and he was so social and, um, would go on walks with me and, um, all that kind of fun stuff. And, um, I was just in love with him. He was just the sweetest thing I'd ever, you know, met. And he was my buddy and he was my little, my little baby. And, um, and then, you know, and he traveled across the country with me and he moved actually, I'm originally from Canada and he moved to Los Angeles, Los Angeles with me. And, um, just, you know, as we know, they're little silent witnesses of your life, you know, so they, they see so much. And especially in those years, I had so many ups and downs and, um, he was there. And then, so when he died, it was, uh, it completely shattered me and, and, um, and, and, and even though I knew, cause I knew he was sick for a year. Um, I knew, so he, you know, I, I, I kind of couldn't get over the loss is basically the truth of it. I talk about this so much in the book, but there's something called disenfranchised grief where people, you know, society doesn't quite recognize certain griefs and animal grief is, is often one of them. And so, you know, I, I, what happened was I kind of just started, you know, developing other things like uh, anxiety and, and, um, some sleep, uh, sleep problems. And, and I was chalking them up to other things in my life. But then finally, when I actually spoke to a professional about what was going on, that I couldn't sleep and this and that, she kind of zeroed in on, on the idea that it was that I hadn't mourned my animal properly. And, um, you know, it was so, it was so, uh, gratifying and validating to have somebody, especially a professional, look at me and see right through me and, and knew what was going on and explain that it's a big, you know, it's, a, it's an actual loss, you know, and, and, um, you know, I had actually, I, you know, I'm not somebody who had this squeaky clean, perfect life at all by any means. And so, you know, when people try to compare those losses, like a human loss to an animal loss, 
it's so irrelevant is really the truth because every 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 loss is so different and um so anyways i started um exploring all these ideas and um eventually i started writing my findings down and i i I didn't know what it was going to be at first. So I didn't know what that it was going to be a book or a memoir. I didn't really get what it was going to become, but um I would write down memories and ideas and um and then I'd kind of put the book away and then I'd come back to it and um gradually I started realizing I just wanted it to be very interactive. I wanted it to be almost like I'm sitting with the reader, the person who is in grief, um one-on-one. -on -one, and talking and and it and and I didn't want it to get too heavy um you know of course you know saying goodbye to to someone we love is always slightly heavy but I started realizing that you know there's so much we can learn from the way we love our animals and the other part was that I I started realizing I wanted it to be a tribute so the book ended up becoming you know part memoir um but it's almost sharing my memoir with the reader's memoir and um but also a, a definite keepsake we started realizing we wanted to put it on you know the most beautiful you know materials that we could you know put together with it there's a case for it there's places for photos there's a pocket in the back where i i write a i write a postcard to everybody and um really i just wanted um to be a friend and and the whole time i was writing it to myself almost how i was what i needed at that time and i couldn't find it i genuinely couldn't find the the resource that i wanted so so that's what it ended up being it ended up being this kind of mishmash of a of a collaboration with the with the reader <laughs> but cathartic at the same time cathartic yeah there's different kinds of pains there's the kind of pain that just feels hopeless and then there's the kind of pain that feels cathartic and feels hopeful and seeing you know and and you know i say it about 20 million times throughout the book but the way out is through and so if you can get through those harder memories and rewire you know the, the reason why we love animals so much or love our specific animals because we loved them we loved them so much so it's hard to get stuck on the only the loss when there's all this living that happened in between um so i really really uh focused on finding and researching ways and 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 light ways there's 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 music therapy in there there's art therapy there's you know and they're all quirky and just fun they're just silly things to kind of rewire our our brain while commemorating our animal and rewire our our memories so that we we remember the good things we remember the good parts instead of just those last moments which are just always so rough right so i love the way you said that though the way out is through it is true it's completely true i mean you know they're they're the beginning the book is split into three parts and the the beginning part is kind of easing your way into it because so many people are so afraid of feeling sad and feeling the pain you know losing someone and so the first the first um section of the book is all introducing that idea that the way out is through and that if if we we can pretend to keep going on but if you are holding on to pain where does it go that there's a, literally a chapter that says where does the pain go and it's and it talks about you know real real syndromes there's there's an actual syndrome there there's a japanese name for it but but it's what it translates to is broken heart syndrome and it's it's actually bad for our cardiovascular health to hold on to grief and and not explore it in in a healthy way in a in a, in a way that um, feels right, you know? So, you know, there's, 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 there's always 
there's always light. There's always light. And I, I, I know it sounds easy to say, but I, I've been through many, many different forms of grief in my life. And I really, I hold on to that so much that yes, it's hard, but you don't have to be terrified of a hard emotion. If you can explore it, it actually just starts opening up and un, uh, it doesn't feel as heavy and tense. And, and um, yeah, I'm a huge believer in that now. I really am. Excellent. Okay. So that's part one. What's part two? <laughs> so part two is, um, yeah. So part one, we, we also talk about, you know, you know, some people just don't get it and some people do, and, you know, all these kinds of, you know, we're easing you into, um, into, into what it means to love and lose an animal and all the notions and kind of getting your mind going while you're also journaling and doing a couple little breathing, little light breathing, breathing exercises, because your breath gets hindered. And then part two is called um, active remembering. And I, I, that's much more um, tangible exercises and ideas and, um, you know, ways to um, ways to explore what your, what your loss is. And, um, you know, there's, like I said, music therapy, there's an upside down drawing of your pet where, where, um, I started reading about (laughs) Luna's, Luna's got a lot to say about this, this chapter, apparently. Um, um, uh, I, I started learning about the brain and the right and left hemisphere and how one hemisphere is, um, analytical and one is creative. And, and I started just, you know, how does that apply to grief? What will that do if you start exploring, you know, if you get your mind out of that analytical side for a while and, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah. And so I have an exercise where you draw this upside down drawing of your pet, which is supposed to get you into your right hemisphere. And people have been writing to me so much about that one, especially, um, just talking about, just how it, you know, you're, you're just thinking differently for a little while, which is such a good thing. And then on top of it, even, you know, whether you're a good artist or a terrible artist, you have this, this little, this little drawing of your pet. And um, actually there's, there's a part where I talk about music therapy and what it does for your dopamine to think, to listen to a song or have a healing song. Um, And I, I have a creative exercise that, you know, you can really take it or leave it. I always say, if you don't like an exercise, stick a photo on it and skip ahead, you know? But um, this a, a girl wrote me over the weekends, um, saying, you know, I, you know, I'm so happy for the resource. I, I was scared when I saw that I, I should write a poem, which I, I, I don't know if I completely said you have to write a poem. It was just more about exploring a creative part of ourselves. But she said, um, she said, but she tried, and she said, and the words just flowed. And oh my goodness, this poem. I read it to my husband. We're both bawling our eyes out. It was so un- incredibly beautiful. I'm going to definitely put it on my social media um, in, in the next day. Um, so it's, it, it was just amazing. And that to me, j- just, I thought, ah, oh, this is so good that this is this person who's saying I'm not creative at all is, is, is writing this. And my husband even said, she's not a poet. She's a poet. This girl is a poet, you know, and it was, you know, so was, there's, uh, there's, there's those kinds of exercises. And then, um, and then part three is, um, is to say goodbye. Oh, it's hard. Um, <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> I've been working through the book again. <laughs> oh boy. Sorry to your readers, but I, I, we lost our dog just recently. And um, so I've been working through my own book, which sounds silly, but I am like, if I'm going to tell people to do it, I'm going to do it myself. And that last uh, section is, is just finding some sort of way to close, 
close, have some closure. So, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's, it's incredibly hard. And, and I, I share your pain as I've recently lost um, one of my horses and one of my dogs. Oh, I'm um, so sorry. I know it's, I can't wait to read your book. <laughs> I hope you like it. Oh, I'm sure I will, because this is such an important topic for, for us to talk about as pet parents and pet lovers and um, people who will be surrounded by pets all the time. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, I needed it. <laughs> I needed it and I needed it again and I've needed it throughout the years since Griffin died. Um, oh, how old was Griffin? Well, so Griffin, Griffin died early. He died at seven and a half, which was part of what, what made it so heartbreaking. Cause I was just, you know, in my mind, oh, he's going to meet my children one day. He's going to, you know, I, you know, I, I live in this amazing house right now with a beautiful backyard that's enclosed and he doesn't, he never got to experience any of that. He never got to meet my kid. So, you know, so I'm so sorry. I'm such a, a disaster now that I, I mean, any, anytime my dog comes up right now, I'm just, I lose it. Um, but um, yeah, so, so he died young and that was, that was really rough. You know, that was, that was, that was just, it's not what I thought was going to happen. You know, I thought we were going to have this long, you know, life, but anyway, so, so yeah, it was rough. It was rough. So your Griffin was my beau. He was oh. my first cat when I was in college. That was oh. my own cat. Oh. And uh, he lived to be 21 years old. And I used to introduce him as my longest running relationship. 21. Um, oh, that's amazing. That's yeah. incredible. That's, that's longer than any relationship I've had either. My, oh okay. my gosh. Yeah. My husband was so proud when he could finally say that he uh, had replaced Bo with the longest running relationship. <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. But he also knew that losing Bo was not going to be a good day for anybody. No. And, and even though we had him an incredibly long period of time for, you know, most animal lives. Um, it, there's never a good moment to say goodbye. No, no, absolutely. And, you know, it's, you know, my husband had a dog. We talk about, we talk about that dog in, uh, cause it was such a part of how, why I fell in love with him. He had this dog that, um, only lived a year, you know, and that still was his soulmate animal. You know, that was his special animal. It doesn't, it doesn't, you know, and especially having an animal for 21 years, doesn't make it easier to say goodbye. My gosh, you have to re you have to reprogram your, your, uh, your, your, your habits, your daily routine. You know, I talk about that a lot in, in, in the book as well, just, you know, they become such a part of you. They become such a part of your daily life. And, all of a sudden, you know, they're gone. And, and that is, it's, yeah, it's a, it's one of those deafening silences for a while. And yeah, it's, 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 it's hard to navigate through that for sure. Well, it always makes me sad, Reagan, when someone says, um, I don't have a pet now. I've had pets in the past, but I can't go through that again. And it always breaks my heart a little bit because there are so many animals that need loving homes. And I, I know that that pet that they had was loved and that it had a wonderful home. And, and I always just wonder, you know, what could we say to change somebody's mind about opening up their heart again um, to another love? 
Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely talk about that as well. And, and that's a question I get a lot. You know, a lot of people have guilt. Um, they feel like they're replacing their, their animal that they lost and, or they, or it's just that pain. The pain is, is so hard to go through. And it is, there's no, there's no way around that. It just is. And, and, you know, every loss is different. There are ones that feel, feel harder. And there are ones that feel, um, the timing feels more right, or you, you know, you, you, you can adjust somehow or for different reasons, but, um, there's no walking, there's no getting around the pain. You know, when you, when you lose anybody you love, human animal doesn't matter. It hurts. And so I do have a chapter in the, in that final to say goodbye, um, section where I call it hope. And, um, I do, I do feel like it's not my place to tell anybody to rush into an, and getting another animal. I don't think it's my place to say, Oh, you, you know, definitely get another animal. I like, you know, know the situation of how many animals need rescuing. I, I do so much, um, animal rescue that, you know, of course I want people to give these animals homes. They deserve it. So what I hope is that my book, um, my book kind of will walk you through it and remember that the end is the smallest part. <laughs> it really is. The end is inevitable. You know, we have to understand that the end is going to happen, you know, in every, with a plant, with every part of life, you know, but the, but the living in between is the reason why you are hurting is because of those amazing, amazing years before that. And so, you know, what I say, what I say in that chapter is that, you know, if you, decide not to get an animal for many other reasons, then I just hope it's not because of the fear of the pain. And what I hope, because this is what I learned myself was that, you know, that way out is through part is, is that if you can get through it in a, in a gentle way, it's not as scary. It really isn't as scary. It's, it's not easy, but it's, but it's always worth it. And to me, I, I can't imagine the, the joy that my animals bring me and my husband and my, and my son. Uh, I can't even imagine not having them. I mean, during this pandemic, I mean, I really literally would be like, thank you guys. You guys are the best. You're the best part of this pandemic. You know, you, they just brought us so much joy. And um, yeah, I, I hope that people, people start remembering the reason why they're hurting is because of all the good. And there's so much more good than that last saying goodbye part, you know? I agree. And I always tell people that uh, every time I lose one, I get two more um, because I have that <laughs> hole in my heart and then I have to stuff it full of more love. And uh, when my husband's favorite joke is to say that when people ask, why do you have six dogs, Peggy? And I say, because my husband won't let me have 10. Um, I love it. That's so cute. We're very, we're very similar. And if you talk to my husband right now, he'd be like, don't encourage her. Do not encourage her. <laughs> no, I used to call myself an aspiring hoarder, Yeah, but now I've changed it since I've been rescuing so many uh, foster cats lately. And it has been quite overwhelming to be honest. Um, but yeah, I think, I think five is a great number. <laughs> I do. Uh, whatever you have room for, I think is a great number um, exactly. that you can, that you can fit into your heart, that you can fit into your budget, that you can fit into your home. And Got it. I mean, I, I live on uh, five acres. I don't live in a uh, 
you know, in a neighborhood where I can't have a lot of animals. So I love I, that. Amazing. Oh, please. If I wasn't living in Los Angeles, if I had more space, which I, which I plan to have, by the way, this would, this whole thing would grow. I'd be literally building a, 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 a some sort of shelter in my back to just to do more. So I feel you a lot. Yes. Yeah, so I agree with you completely. I'm glad that uh, folks have this resource in Griffin's heart, mourning your pet with no apologies. Because um, yeah, we get to mourn whatever is important to us um, when we got it. it. And uh, we certainly have had uh, some uh, education in loss here uh, recently in lots of different ways. Yes. And um, I agree with you that our pets are the best part of that. Um, so that people, if someone's listening and you don't have a pet at the moment and you have room in your heart, you don't even have to make a lifetime commitment. You can be a foster. You can be a weekend um, rescue. Uh, there's so many options now with the shelters that are out there and the rescue organizations. They just want these pets to be loved and socialized and have an opportunity to get that forever home. Absolutely. So let's talk about something else that um, maybe you know more about than I do, because I don't have any two-legged children, Okay. but um, how do you explain the loss of a family pet to a child? Hmm. Yeah, I'm getting that, that question a ton. I mean, I would say Griffin's Heart is not really geared for kids. It's, 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 it's almost like the child's part of ourselves almost is what it's geared for um, as, as an adult, but um there are, there's room because of the photo parts and, you know, even in the upside down drawing or music therapy, there's parts of it that, um, that a child could do with you if you're putting together the book. But, um, I think I'm very open with my son and we're such an animal family. So he's seen me be very, very sad about losing the animals. And he's been very sad too. And he's been there when we, you know, made the decision to say goodbye and end their suffering. And um, I think it's actually been really a good thing for him. I really do. I, 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 you know, I am preaching this whole idea that we should not be afraid of sad moments. And so I'm going to teach my son that too. And, and because also, you know, the commemorating them, I mean, we, we have a whole little tribute for my dog that just passed away outside, right. That's going to be out there for, I, I, as until I feel ready to take it down, that's, you know, and, and, um, I want to be remembered. Don't you, when you pass away, I want somebody to love me and know, you know, and I, I want my son to know that, you know, I want my son to know that we should all be, you know, kept in, kept in our memories once, when we're gone. And, um, I think it's, I think it's a good thing to, you know, I, I, I feel like if there's a theme in my book, it's about allowing, allowing yourself to feel however you feel, however it's angry, sad, allow yourself to feel those emotions or they get trapped in you. And I, I definitely teach him, teach my son that. So, um, you know, you tell them that, you know, everybody has different religious beliefs too. So if you want to, you know, people can put that into there as well. I, I am very open-minded, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not, um, I don't have, subscribe to one specific thing. So I, um, you know, he just knows that I, I hope that our animals are somewhere else. I have a whole chapter on what I believe, um, what happens to energy, what, what, what scientists say happens to energy and that I believe in. And so, um, yeah, you can ex just explore those ideas with them. And I just, I, I'm, I'm the mom that kind of, you know, I, I try to do it in a gentle way, but I don't, 
I don't shield him from that because I, I feel like death is a part of life. Sadly, it just is. And so he, he, him learning about that and seeing that it's okay to be sad and it's okay to explore those feelings. I think that might be the best gift you can give to your kid for so many reasons too. I agree. Um, and then how can your book help vets or other people that work with animals? I mean, you can imagine they experience loss way more than we do on a daily basis. It's, it's, it's so interesting. You said that I've been doing, you know, interviews with vets a lot now and, um, about with the book and I'm learning so much that I didn't know. I am so much more grateful to veterinarians than I ever was before, um, what they go through and thing decisions they have to make. And, um, and, and, and there's, there's actually quite an epidemic with vets and, and, um, and depression. I'll, I'll leave it at that right now, but it's, it's a problem because they have a lot to take on. Um, I, 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 I like to think Griffin's heart is a grief book and it's, it's a book, um, about allowing your feelings. And, and, uh, my, I, I, I talk about this, that my, my best girlfriend, my best human girlfriend is uh, not an animal nut. She likes animals, but she's not like me about them. And she, you know, when she first read the book, she was one of the first people who read it. And, and, um, so this is a grief book. This is, doesn't even have to be about animals. It's, it's just a book about honoring someone you lost and, um, having a friend through it. And, and so I, I hope that, um, that's, I mean, the, the interviews that I've been doing with vets have, they have loved the book and that has been maybe my favorite audience that has loved the book. So, um, and they're, you know, they're also saying it's a good resource because when they have to help somebody make the decision to say goodbye or, you know, uh, and the suffering of one of their animals, they just walk out the door and they have to leave and, and then what? And so, you know, they're, you know, I'm in talks with a couple of people who are, you know, going to be selling the book there, which has been such a huge thing for me. And, and, um, so yeah, so, so it's a, it's an, it's a tool, it's a tool for people. And, um, yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping other people like it too. I'm sure they will. So tell us where we can find it now. Well, right now, the easiest place to get it is on Amazon. You can, um, you can go to griffinsheart.com and, um, learn more about it, see what it looks like and all of that. And, um, see a couple little interviews with me and, um, and you can buy it from that page. Um, it's going to be available in a few more places very soon, but that's the best, that's the easiest right now. Okay. Well, that's a great way for people to do that. And then what would you leave us with today, Reagan? Oh, I just think, um, just know you're not alone. And, uh, if you're feeling those, those kinds of feelings and, um, I just, I have so much love and compassion for people who love their animals. And, um, and, and if you want, reach out to me, I'm, I'm on Instagram and at Reagan J Pasternak. I'm also starting this cyber memorial page at Griffin's heart on Instagram. That's become so unbelievably rewarding. And if you want to reach out to me, I would love it. It's been the best, most surprising part of this whole thing. So excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate you because we need to have pet parents who love their pets and who grieve their loss and um, and go on and, and find their way through so that they can continue to love additional pets. And I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us today as well on All My Children Wear Fur Coats. 
And I hope you'll join us each and every week as we talk to just amazing people in the animal world. And my personal philosophy is until there are none, please adopt one. And until next time, happy tales. Coats with your host, Peggy Hoyt. We hope you learned something valuable for the benefit of your pet. We want to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. Get more information about creating a legacy for your pet at AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Buy a copy of All My Children Wear Fur Coats, How to Leave a Legacy for Your Pet on Amazon. Join our email list or make a donation. Pet professionals and advisors are invited to join our trusted advisor network. Until next time, happy tales.